everyone. Welcome to the Horror Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Ann, and with me is my co-host, Justin Corbett. For those of you who don't know, I'm the owner and editor-in-chief of HorrorGeekLife.com. It's a site that covers all things horror, geek, and gaming. And I'm a writer at HorrorGeekLife.com, as well as a contributing editor. Okay, so this is our first Halloween episode of the Horror Geek Podcast. What, and what? celebrate that. I know. <laughs> Better be the first of many, hopefully. Um, to celebrate that, we have a couple of special guests from Horror Geek Life on with us. Um, the first one is our head editor, our lead writer, my right-hand man, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, Kurt Oglesby. Welcome, Kurt. Hey, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm glad you can finally be on the show. And I think, is this your first podcast ever? Yeah, this is uh, this is actually my first time talking in general, so I'm really excited. It's a fresh experience for me. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So far, so um, good. <laughs> yeah. Our second guest is the man who actually built our site and our technical guru, as well as a content creator and sometimes writer, Brett Hannon. Welcome, Brett. Well, welcome back, because you were also on the first episode. Yeah, you always seem to forget that, too. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's good to be back. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> well, welcome, guys. So we are going to today talk about Halloween-themed films that we love. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about a few things that we covered on Horror Geek Life this week. So first of all, The Walking Dead is back. I am, I don't know how many seasons behind, three? <laughs> what season are we in? Eight. Eight? Okay, so I'm three seasons behind on The Walking Dead. Um, but thankfully, we have Kurt, who is watching and covering for us every week. Kurt actually did an awesome article about six takeaways from the show. Um, it does have spoilers, so if you check that out, watch the show first. But Kurt, what did you think? Uh, it was okay. You know, last season was pretty depressing, and this season starts on a relatively optimistic note. But you get some of the same kind of bullshit actions that happen throughout the episode and characters do shit that doesn't make sense and it's aggravating to an extent but it, it was okay <laughs> i watched it as well there's a lot of aggravating things that happen in that episode yeah so is pretty... there something is, is there anything you can pinpoint that wouldn't be a huge spoiler well they they confront negan and his lieutenants and they're all unarmed yeah and they have like a seven minute conversation with them and then all of a sudden rick just starts shooting yeah <laughs> there's there's a gap where they eventually place their guns to shoot in the first place and instead of shooting through that gap while they're unarmed and talking they just wait and let them talk and it's just it's ridiculous <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. really dumb i i was reading that this episode didn't have as many viewers as what they expected so who knows how many more yeah. seasons we'll see i want to say it was the lowest rated episode uh the, out of all eight premieres it was only higher than the first and second seasons oh wow yeah, I mean, yeah. the opening's usually pretty good. I'm I'm behind yeah. on the show as well, but yeah, it's usually the opening that they hit pretty hard with. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens this season, and Kurt is going to continue his coverage and talk about takeaways um, from each episode, so definitely look forward to that. Okay, so moving on, we also covered a review for Creep 2. Now, I'm a huge fan of the first Creep. I know, uh, Brent and Kurt, you are too. Justin, have you seen Creep? I have not, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what? Oh, no, you... oh my gosh. <laughs> Out of, I know that you have like a growing list of movies to watch, but bump Move it up. Creep up <laughs> to like close to the top because yeah, it's, it's got to be near the top. Phenomenal. Okay. It, it was so amazing. 
Yeah, so in Creek 2, writer and director Patrick Bryce, as well as co-writer and star Mark Duplass, return to the film. And they add a third, um, actually a female this time. Last time it was kind of a all-male cast. So I thought that was a really good addition. She was amazing in the film. She was just as awkward as uh, Mark Duplass's character, I thought. So just in different ways. But I thought it was great. Kurt, you reviewed it for us. You gave it four and a half stars out of five. So you obviously loved part two as well. Uh, what did you think without spoilers? Uh, without spoilers, I really dug it. I didn't like it quite as much as the first film. The shock factor and the freshness, you know, is diminishing returns with any sequel. But it wasn't quite as intense as the original. But it kind of upped the awkwardness in a way. And plus, we got like three minutes of Mark Duplass dick. <laughs> so I mean, his uh, whole life. <laughs> Yeah. Right on the camera for three minutes and you just stare at yeah. it. Yeah. You can't help but stare at it. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. So, my question I, is uh, Is Tubby Time back? No. No. Page Fuzz does return, though, and it's pretty great. Yeah. You know, I know that I didn't like it. I mean, I guess you could say that as much as the first, but at the same, I would have also given it a four and a half out of five stars, where the first one, I would have given five out of five. So it's really not even saying a lot to say I didn't enjoy it as much as the first, but like you said, it's it's like the first, you just had this feeling of what is happening in this movie right now, because it's so awkward. The humor is so pitch black. You just don't even know, (laughs) you know what to expect. And so with this one, you know what to expect because you know, his character, you know what he's about. Um, But even with that, it was very entertaining. And if you love the first Creep, you have to watch Creep 2. It's out today on all digital platforms. Yeah, definitely going to check that out very soon. Get on it, Justin. I will. I'll watch the first one. <laughs> Add two to your list. Yeah, and they're, they're both pretty short. I think they're both, what, 80 minutes long? So you can watch both of them in one sitting and yeah. just make an evening out of it. Yeah, you, have no, you have no excuse. <laughs> um, okay, so the third piece that we covered that we're going to talk about is it has been 50 years since the Bigfoot footage has emerged. And you know what footage I'm talking about. Um, That grainy camera footage through the woods with Bigfoot walking. Okay, guys, so let me ask you, fact or fiction? (laughs) Was it Bigfoot? (laughs) Justin, what do you think? Oh, it's definitely true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I remember wanting to believe. I still do, kind of, right? It's, It's fun. To think that he's just out there wandering. One of many, maybe. Who knows? Didn't someone confess to that, that they were the man behind the suit, or no? Um, There's actually uh, a lot of stuff that came out about it. There's supposedly a special effects guy that that said that he made the suit, and he came out about it. I wish I could remember his name. Man, what a party pooper. (laughs) He was lying for attention. It was real. It's fucking real. Right. So well, yeah, everybody, the so- funny thing about that though is like the the footage is so like it it's back before digital, right? So it's very 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 low resolution. He's small to begin with. And then people are talking about how you can see like muscles like bulging and moving and all this and that from the the footage and it's like there's no way that you could see that at the size that he is at the the grainy resolution of a TV back in that day on putting it on film. Well, you know, there were cryptozoologists that came out (laughs) and said, no, this is real. And they are cryptozoologists who are very well known in their field and respected by their peers. And they say it's real. So, absolutely reputable. 
Well, my town actually had this weird Bigfoot celebration thing a couple of weeks ago. I think I told you about that, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go, but uh, it sounded interesting. There was like a blessing of the water ceremony, and there were Bigfoot-themed snacks, and uh, <laughs> some people who just dedicate their life to searching for Bigfoot were talking for two or three hours. And I, I have a life, so I have better things to do than go to that. But I um, would have gone. Just yeah, it sounds thing. awesome. I would have gone. gone. Yeah. I would have gone, too. <laughs> <laughs> Next now, year, see, Justin, we're on it. All right. So if yeah. you would, if you would ask me a different question of saying, could there have been a Bigfoot Sasquatch existing at some point or somewhere? I'd say yeah, it's possible. But for it's one that, that's a, that's avoided every camera except for the the crappiest ones out there up there along lines with UFO sightings. Yeah, I don't believe it. It's real. Everybody's got a camera now. <laughs> Everybody's got a camera, and there's plenty of people hiking in those areas. Maybe yeah. there was only one, and he died. Yeah. Maybe Bigfoot got a camera phone too, and he's just he's smarter about it now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, I have to say, if you are actually wanting uh, to watch a book Bigfoot film that isn't shit, I highly recommend um, "Exist" by Eduardo Sanchez. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Phenomenal. Uh, the I thought you were going to say Harry has... and the Hendersons. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although that does qualify. Yeah, definitely. The practical effects that he used were pretty amazing, and it's pretty gory, pretty intense, and I recommend it. So there you go. I should have used that for my recommendation for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. you blew it. Moving on. So our main topic this week, like I mentioned, are Halloween-themed films that we love. And... So we all picked a few films um, that we like to watch around Halloween that are Halloween themed. And we're just going to go ahead and kick it off. Brent, one of the first films that you chose were Halloween three season of the witch. Now this is pretty controversial as is it a good film or is it a shit film? Um, Every single time we ever mentioned season of the witch, you either love it or hate it, I guess. So of course that's because it doesn't include Michael Myers, blah, blah, blah. So Brett, why did you include Halloween 3 Season of Witch? I just, I don't think it's as bad as some people. If you take it in the context of um, like what I saw, it, it was the first Halloween movie that I saw when I was a kid. So I had no idea that it was related to Michael Myers and all of that. So it was pretty freaky. You know, I was a kid seeing this flashing Halloween mask on TV and then crazy stuff happens with Halloween Mass. I was actually kind of scared of Halloween Mass for a little bit after seeing this. So it just kind of drew me in from there. And I could see if I had been like a big fan of the Halloween movies and had seen the other ones first, it wouldn't make as much sense. They probably should have put out more information in the trailers that, hey, you know, this is related, but not Michael Myers, so don't get your hopes up. Yeah, but how could you really do that in trailers, especially back then? And I like the premise behind it, and I get what you're saying, that if you see it out of context and you don't think about the, you know, Michael Myers, then it's different. I hated it as a kid, and I've actually grown to love it. Yeah, Um, and it was supposed to be hokey, too, but the masks, those uh, silver shamrocks, latex masks, those were cool. It had androids in it. Um, Also, another thing which is kind of cool is the town of Santa Mira. That was originally going to be the setting for the 1956 invasion of the Body Snatchers. So it's like an homage to that because they, they kind of considered this more along the line of that than of a slasher movie. Yeah, you know, I, it's kind of funny that so many people hate it still. I, I mean, even today I saw people complaining that Michael Myers wasn't in it. It's 2017 and people still don't get why 
Michael Myers <laughs> wasn't in the fucking film. So it was because they wanted to do a type of anthology, Halloween anthology, just like American Horror Story does today. And it's kind of funny to me that so many people embrace that style with American Horror Story, but still look back at part three of Season of the Witch and say, well, that shit, it didn't have Michael Myers in it. But it was intentional that they wanted to do the anthology. Um, Kurt, I know you're a fan. Why are yeah, you a fan? Because it's fucking great, obviously. It's <laughs> it's the second best Halloween movie, in my opinion, only behind the original. Tom Atkins is the man. He's a man's man. When when I think of a man, I think of Tom Atkins. And I think uh, there are several people that I know now that would agree with that. Uh, it's creepy. Compared to the Halloween movies where it's all, you know, just you're being chased by a guy. Uh, this is, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's coming. It just It's just balls to the wall crazy. And it's amazing. And I love it. Justin, are you a fan? I've never seen it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Get, uh, get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's always my go-to. But no, no, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, I am more of a fan of the Michael Myers Halloween movies, but I see why people like this one as well. Yeah, and I think it's become more of a cult movie over time. Like, yeah, it was a big bomb at first because, you know, obviously everybody was expecting something else, but... Yeah. You know, and it was intentionally kind of cheesy, um, and I don't think people understood that either. So, I mean, now people look back on some of those films like that, and they're like, you know, it was, it's awesome. You know, it's great. It's different. They look at it through a different, you know, lens, if you want to say that. So I think it, it deserves another look by people that had seen it back in the day and, and didn't like it and have never given it another chance. Yeah. Unpopular yeah. opinion, because everybody yeah. hates remakes, yeah. but I think that this film would benefit from a remake. Oh, that could be awesome as a remake. Yeah. After watching it, uh, I think last year, especially with the Indian and stuff, I thought, you know, this is one that could actually be remade and I would not complain. So, okay. So moving on. Oh man. Boys in the trees. Now, Kurt, you picked this one. I know you reviewed it this week Um, because of your review. I actually checked it out and we'll, talk about that in a second but this was just kind of i guess a find for you because it's now on netflix and you just Mm -hmm. happened to to check it out randomly but uh so what did you think it was really great it's not really a horror film even though it's in the horror category on netflix it's more of a coming of age fantasy film that's set on halloween night and it's just it's a really beautiful movie and it really demonstrates the spooky atmosphere of halloween really well and the story behind it is just incredible and it moved me to tears, which is the manly way of saying it made me cry like a bitch. It was depressing and, as shit. Yeah, it was really <laughs> depressing. I watched it twice and cried both times over the weekend. <laughs> Justin, I'm so sorry that you have to keep repeating this, but it just keeps coming back up. I hate to cry during films. I just hate it. And and Kurt, you know this too. But yeah. All of you do. And so I didn't think it was going to be that emotional. And at the end, I'm thinking about life. I'm thinking about death. I'm thinking about afterlife. I'm thinking about all this shit. And I'm like, what did I just watch? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really takes you through the motions. And uh, I didn't expect that going into the film. And I think that really the experience benefited from that, just not understanding or expecting that to happen. Yeah, you know, 
after I watched it, I had some things about it that I wasn't really sure if I liked. Yeah. The cinematography was amazing. The directing was really great. The acting was phenomenal. It's actually, it's an Australian film and, um, it's pretty much about this boy who gets bullied and one of the guys who has helped bully him, who is actually one of his friends from childhood, um, sees him fall and hit his head. When the kid gets up, they go on this journey that you have absolutely no idea what they're doing, but they're just walking around town, um, going through different stories and fables and memories and things like that with all of this Halloween lore behind it. I really don't know how to explain it beyond that because I don't want to give it away what is really happening in the film because there is a big kind of twist ending, I guess. But it is very emotional and there's a lot of whimsical and fantasy elements. I was telling him, though, one thing that really got me was it's set in 1997 and at the very end of the film, they're using video calling. (laughs) (laughs) And Kurt here is the youngest of any of us. And he's like, we didn't have video calling in 1997 on, yeah. on our laptops, on our Mac. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> uh, they talk about Wi-Fi. I just, I'm like, I, I don't get that. But um, yeah, I gave it a perfect score. And then you pointed that out. And I was like, oh, man, I <laughs> wish I could go back and at least mark that down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's one that should be seen. It's a very beautiful film. Um, okay, so moving on to the next one, Idle Hands. Justin, you put this one on the list. It's an absolute favorite. Thank you for adding that. I love Idle Hands. I know it gets panned by a lot of people. And uh, like I was just looking at Rotten Tomatoes. It has a six, It's like 16% favored. <laughs> <laughs> Every I, film I love, Rotten Tomatoes hates. So whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, take that with a grain of salt. Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> is usually not... Uh, didn't like the movies I like either. Yeah, but I remember watching it when I was in high school. It was one of the first VHS tapes I bought, and uh, I, I wore the thing out. I mean, it's just slapstick humor with a lot of gore. Uh, it's got Seth Green in it, who I've always been a big fan of, and Devin Sawa, who I liked a lot, and even Jessica Alba, you know, back when she was younger. It's really funny, really bloody, uh, has great soundtrack. I mean, there's a lot to like about the movie. I used to have a huge Devin Sawa poster over my bed. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I first saw this, it was also on VHS, and I still had that huge <laughs> poster, and I loved him. But you're right, the soundtrack. Oh, my God. I loved that soundtrack. Yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. And then that iconic uh, hand scene in the car when the couple are making out and the hand comes and <laughs> starts uh, <laughs> getting busy. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of great moments with the hand. I mean, even when he was trying to cut it off, it was hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, if you've never seen Idle Hands, I mean, it's a it's a forgotten gem from the late 90s that uh, you definitely should go and revisit. Absolutely. Okay, so next up is another from the Halloween franchise. And this one is one that I put on the list. Halloween 2, the original. <laughs> Not the Rob Zombie. <laughs> Got to clarify. <laughs> yes, the original, 1981. Um, I love Halloween 2 so much. I actually... Love it more than the first one. I love the first one. I do. But I, if I can choose between the first or the second, I watch the second. And I think it's just because I love the setting. I love the hospital setting. And I really like all of the different kills that they have. I, I think the kills are really inventive. And so I know this is a sequel that John Carpenter didn't want. And it wasn't anything that he was thrilled to make. But 
what the fuck ever. I loved it anyway. <laughs> so, um, and I, I like how he died at the end as well. How well? Okay, yeah. he didn't die. Yeah, obviously, died but um, loosely. Apparently, getting shot between the eyes and getting burned does not kill a man. <laughs> but uh, I did. I, I loved everything about it, and it's one that I watch every single year. Sometimes I forget to watch the first, but I definitely always watch the second. <laughs> Do you know what my favorite part of that movie is? It's uh, the Sam Loomis quote, I shot him six times. That's the best <laughs> thing to come out of that movie. Six times. <laughs> I shot him six times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are y'all fans of the film? Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I don't love it as much as the first film, but it's definitely a worthwhile uh, sequel, I think. One of the better slasher sequels, definitely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. No doubt. It's just, it's unfortunately not the scariest thing about a hospital. Uh, I'm stingy and I like to keep my money. So hospital bills are more frightening than Michael Myers. You'd rather face them. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just take them. Yeah. Just let them kill me and <laughs> I just avoid that process. That's, yeah. yeah. That's a way to save money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next one, this can be considered a Christmas or a Halloween film. I did see it a day. I, I didn't really look into it because um, I was just too busy to even be able to cover it. But I did just see today that they confirmed, quote unquote, that it is indeed a Halloween film. But that is Nightmare Before Christmas. And Brent, you added this one to the list. Another great addition. Yeah, how could you not really? I know it's always been Halloween to me. It's like it's Halloween town. Jack gets bored, so he goes off, and he could have gone to any one of the other doors in there, and I really like, and I know, Melissa, you're going to agree with me on this, but I wish they would have gone through one of the other doors, you know, (laughs) along with the Christmas one, or come out with a sequel where he checks out all the other towns, but really, it's, it's Halloween Town, he tries to do Christmas, fails horribly, almost messes up Christmas, and then ends up saving the day at the end and then along the way with that you know it's a it's a movie about discovery of yourself and him falling in love with sally finding you know somebody else that's just as different as he is even though you're still within that same realm of halloween there's just so much to it and i loved it first because of the stop animation and the style but you know it's like the more you watch it the more you see all this these other things that come together the music was awesome but yeah it, it's a great film and i just had to add it yeah so you mentioned wanting to see a sequel and of course uh we covered the news not too long ago that they were doing a sequel in comic form and this is going to follow jack's dog so maybe we'll actually be able to see these other worlds you know thanksgiving town <laughs> valentine's <laughs> day town. i don't know if that's what they're really called but i'm just calling them that um, and the other doors that we saw Easter town, I think, but, uh, maybe we'll be able to, it's not going to be the same, obviously, because it's in comic book form and not stop animation. But apparently if they would have made another sequel to this, uh, they were going to do CGI only. And Tim Burton is way too protective of the film to go CGI. So good on him. Um, but we are getting a comic book sequel. Right. Well, and hey, if I mean, if the comic book does well enough, then maybe it might come back around to actually having a film at some point. So I'm all for it. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so next up is, since we're on the animated kick, uh, Paranorman. And I'll admit, I've never seen this one. (laughs) So, but Kurt, why'd you have this? Yeah, Uh, I was going to ask, has anybody here seen Paranorman besides me? I watched it one time a few years ago. 
Um, and I don't really remember it standing out to me. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I loved it. I love it more than uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, honestly. <laughs> yeah, what? I know. I know it's you shut, you shut your mouth. Yeah, uh, Justin, is he allowed to say that? <laughs> he's <laughs> seen it. He's a, he's a, he's an editor. He's allowed to say whatever he wants yeah. to say. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do what true. I want. He'll just edit us all out. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be obsolete tomorrow. So no, it's it's great. It it lovingly showcases an affection towards films like Return of the Living Dead and Halloween, uh, Night of the Living Dead. It's like a great mashup of all those films and the Goonies. And it's done with this stop motion animation that's just incredible. And, you know, like all animated films, it's got heartfelt lessons and learning to be comfortable with yourself and who you are. And it's really, really great. And I think you would like it, Melissa. I'm not sure about Brent. He's kind of a wild card, but. Uh... <laughs> well, I'll get around to checking it out for sure. I have to be in the mood, but I do like those, you know, Coraline and yeah. uh, Corpse Bride. And well, this is so. uh, this is made from the same people that that did Coraline. Right. And I love Coraline as well. And it sounds like it's actually deep, even for an animated film, which brings us to our next film, which is not deep. (laughs) (laughs) Justin adds, Ernest Scared Stupid. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm... That affects the memories. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm way more drawn to, like, the horror comedies than the straight-up horror movies. And Ernest Scared Stupid was one of probably the first, like, spooky kind of movies I ever watched. Um, and there's actually a few moments in there that are kind of intense if you're a little kid watching it, like the the troll scene when he's hiding in the ditch and stuff. I mean, I remember that particular like bothering me when I was a little kid. But even despite all that, there's a lot of great humor, and it's just a really fun ride all the way from beginning to end. All the Ernest movies are. Justin, I know we're around the same age. Did you ever watch this in school? Never in school, no. They showed us this. I remember in fifth grade, they showed us this. And... Now, looking back at it, I don't think it was that appropriate, maybe. But, Probably not, um, no. Definitely not educational on any level whatsoever. No. Nope. Um, but it did – I, I know what you're talking about with the kind of intensity whenever you were a kid, and I remember that. And sitting in class and having to be like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> you know, but it, it, it did hit me like that, yeah. Man, I was a big fan of all the Ernest films back in the day. They're just yeah. they're, they're a special kind of comedy that I don't know if it really could be done as well today. It can't be like other people have tried to to have a similar vein of comedy and just they fall short. That guy did stuff that nobody could pull off. There yeah. are certain people that have just their own personal comedy that works for them and nobody else. And he's definitely one of them. And it definitely benefits, too, from the era it came out in where, you know, that cheesy kind of humor was prevalent in a lot of films. So the Ernest movies really kind of if they were to come out now nobody would watch them nobody would care but when they came out was great i think he could be a youtube star i think that's where he would work today (laughs) probably so yeah (laughs) Yeah, he's the guy that you're like your republican family members would share around on facebook yeah (laughs) yeah so getting back to horror one that i put on the list this just had a sequel come out i haven't seen it yet kurt i know you have you reviewed it for us but the house is october built So found footage is very hit and miss with me, as it is with most people. I think a lot of people kind of just uh, write the genre off by now. But it's one that I still will check out because there are are some hidden gems out there. And this was one for me. And it's the perfect Halloween movie because it's about a group of people who go on a mission to find the most extreme haunted houses. And they eventually find them. And um, it kind of 
fucks them up in a really great way. <laughs> so <laughs> I recommend it. It's very spooky. You feel like you're at a haunted house and you're going through it all with them. And so it, it's a lot of fun. And uh, the sequel, Kurt, you like the sequel, right? I did. I really like the sequel. Uh, it's not as you know extreme or intense as the first film. But if you like the first film, I think you'll really like the sequel as well. And are they doing the same thing or, or are they still going after it? Is. It is it is essentially the same movie, just sleeker. And <laughs> I really needed it to justify why they would go back into doing what they're doing in the first place. And it does by the end of the movie. But it's essentially the same movie. Got you. So, Justin, have you checked this one out? No, I have not. Um, it's it's on my list. Uh, it's actually on Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix right now, so it's on my list on Netflix. So I will get around to it for sure. How long is your list by now? It's pretty long. Yeah, it's too long. <laughs> Way too long. Bert, have you checked this one out? No, I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet, but I definitely will. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Justin, you added one of my all-time favorite modern horror films and one of my all-time favorite anthologies next to probably Creepshow, and that is Trick or Treat. It's uh, probably my favorite anthology I've ever seen as well. It's just a bunch of different stories that take place on Halloween night that are loosely connected. And uh, they're all very well put together and very fun. And uh, if you've never seen Trick or Treat, you need to watch it. (laughs) So I have a huge love for werewolf transformations when they're done well. What did you think about the werewolf transformation scene? It's amazing. It's really, really good. Probably my favorite one behind the howling. And what did you think about them playing uh, Marilyn Manson in the background during that? <laughs> I didn't even catch that, but uh, I guess I guess I should go back and rewatch it. <laughs> I remember it, they play Sweet Dreams, and uh, I remember thinking, oh, this is so hokey that they're playing Marilyn Manson. And then I get into it, I'm like, this is hot. <laughs> I'm like, this is a really hot scene. <laughs> Uh, I loved how they were all connected. I I think once you go through it and you see how it's connected and then you watch it again, it's so fun to be in a scene like where a character is on the street and in the background you see characters from other scenes doing something that, you know, that you see them do later on. Mm -hmm. And you start to catch all of this like, wow, like they're all in these same places together and you're seeing it from different angles and it's pretty cool. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's really well thought out. I'm hoping they'll do a sequel at some point. They are. They have a sequel coming out. And I just think Sam is a whole lot of fun. Yeah. I saw a Sam mask the other day and it was like $60. So I couldn't afford it, but um, it was, it was really cool. And also I'm like, I'm six, eight. Sam's much too small for me to be Sam, but (laughs) Sam's older brother. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be big Sam. And I just, I'll get a random kid to be little Sam. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta gotta have that on the, the outfit says big Sam. Yeah. Big Sam. (laughs) (laughs) like a jersey so yeah great addition justin and uh thank you a perfect halloween film (laughs) okay so i say that but then i guess next the next one's actually the most perfect halloween film because kurt you added the first halloween i did i wanted to not add halloween because i thought it was a basic move but then i had bagels for breakfast so i realized that was really basic to start with so i just went ahead and added halloween to the list so when did you first see Halloween and what was your impression? Uh, I was probably three or four years old. It's the first horror film I remember watching and it scared the hell out of me. 
it scared me throughout my childhood, basically. And I remember one year I went trick-or-treating. I was probably six, and I was standing on the porch, and this guy came walking to his door, and it was he walked down a long, dark hallway, so I couldn't see him. I could just see the fucking Michael Myers mask growing closer. <laughs> and by the time he got to the door, I lost my shit. Keep in mind, I was, I was a pretty fat kid, and, <laughs> and I, I had a motherfucking bowl cut. <laughs> He opens the door, and I just freak out. I toss my candy to the ground. I take off running across the yard. I get two yards down, and I trip over like a little brick wall in between yards and scrape my knee. And I'm just sitting there crying, and my family's two yards over laughing at me like the douchebags they are. And (laughs) I wouldn't have that experience without Halloween. And uh, I'm just I'm a better person because of it. I think. Uh, Justin, do you remember the first time you saw this film? I do. I was probably 10 years old, and uh, my family had decided we were going to watch Halloween movies together. So we went to the Blockbuster, and we picked out a bunch of different stuff to watch. Uh, We watched the original Frankenstein movie. We watched The Blob. We watched this. And uh, this was definitely my favorite of the three. But my sisters were terrified of it, and I tormented them relentlessly for the next few days. (laughs) (laughs) Brent, what about you? Yeah, um, it was actually when I was uh, quite a bit older. So I've seen some horror films when I was younger, but I didn't really get to see that many. So um, it was when I was in high school. I think it was like junior year that I saw it, and it was a whole lot of fun. I loved it. And around that time, I started to, to watch a lot of the older horror films that I'd basically only seen special effects stuff on. Like <laughs> when the films were out when I was a kid, I could tell you everything about the effects in the film, but nothing about the actual film. Okay, so the first time I saw this film, gosh, I had already seen Halloween Part 4. That was the first Halloween film I ever saw. And then I saw the first film. It scared the hell out of me. I was probably 11, maybe, 11 or 12. That was when I really got into watching slasher films. Um, I started watching all of the Halloweens, Friday 13th, et cetera, et cetera, um, Freddy Krueger. But um, I watched this one second, and yeah, it terrified me, completely terrified me, especially the music, um, whenever he's walking over to the house, when she sees him outside in the sheets, that actually still gets to me a little bit. So yeah, it was a fun viewing. I remember watching it with one of my girlfriends, and we were just scared. (laughs) Shitless. Para Norman actually pays homage to that scene, the bedsheet scene. That's one thing I meant to mention earlier. Very cool. Well, that wraps up our main topic. So next up, we have a new segment. It's kind of still a new segment called Hypothetical Question of the Week, where Justin and I ask each other really stupid questions to see (laughs) how we would handle things. Um, Justin, what is your question of the week? Okay, so since we're talking about Halloween, and one of the things that goes along with Halloween is dressing up and putting on costumes and wearing masks, I wanted to ask a interesting question about masks specifically. Um, if you were forced to wear a single mask for the rest of your life and you could never take it off, what mask would you choose to wear and why? Oh, Kurt, we'll let you answer first. Oh, God. Uh, honestly, probably Michael Myers, uh, just so I could scare the shit out of little kids the way that old man scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I think that's the circle of life kind of. So like that would be your life. It's just scaring kids. <laughs> yeah. Just scaring kids. I mean, that's my life already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might as well embrace it. <laughs> Brent, what would you pick? <laughs> Can you put me up next? Okay. Um, 
I think I would have to go for. So I'd seen one time uh, this this pretty form fitting latex mask that when you talk the mouth moves, but it looks like this old man. And so I think I have to wear that just because it's really freaky to see somebody that otherwise does not look like an old person, like driving along, like if you're driving along, like zipping down the highway or whatever, and you look over, you see this old man like keeping up with you, or you know you're look going through the the grocery store or whatever, and this short old man who's like has no problem walking looks you know young comparatively otherwise but other than that looks like an old man i just think it'd be funny so like you have like the body of a younger guy well i mean eventually it's going to keep up catch up with you though right i know I mean, yeah, eventually, it fine. you'll grow into it <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean like eventually people will be like oh that's just an old man then i'll switch to a young person face <laughs> which okay. would be almost more disturbing <laughs> Okay, I, I guess if I had to pick one mask for the rest of my life, I'm just going to go with Miss Piggy. Is that weird? <laughs> it's, it's very it's, weird. It's whatever, man. Just say that. Um, just, just be truthful. You know, it's the only thing on your mind. She, she's beautiful. <laughs> um, she's sassy. I, I love Miss Piggy. And you don't have to worry about your figure because who the fuck cares? You have Miss Piggy face, so... That's true. Carb would not be a thing anymore. I, I'm going to go with Miss Piggy. <laughs> okay. I love how you spun that into a positive. It's really, you really embrace that. <laughs> well, can I, I change can my answer? I want to <laughs> I, I change my answer to Miss Piggy, too. <laughs> <laughs> You'd make a great Miss Piggy, Brent. Thank you. I thought so. <laughs> um, honestly, I would, I would go with uh, Jason's hockey mask from Friday the 13th because it has those holes, those air holes. So I imagine if you're wearing this mask for the rest of your life, you'd want something that actually breathes kind of well. So that would be my reasoning. <laughs> you go practical. And the fact that you live in Houston forces you to go a little practical. I have to. It's hot <laughs> as hell down here. <laughs> you would just die. <laughs> oh, you could go uh, Miss Piggy wearing a hockey mask. But then I'd still be sweating like crazy with the latex and everything. I just want the holes. Just the holes. I just got to breathe. You no, know, <laughs> that actually reminds me that um, last year I went to Alamo Draft House and I saw a double feature of Buppets Take Manhattan and Jason Takes Manhattan back to back in 3D. And their promo posters were Miss Piggy in a hockey mask. It was amazing. And it was a really long night. I mean, like, my ass hurt, my legs hurt, my eyes were like cross eyed because I wear glasses and I had to wear the three D glasses over my glasses. It was <laughs> it was a great night though, but it just reminds me of those promo pictures. So I've seen that and it's pretty cool actually. And now I wanna I just thought of one that I, I would absolutely seriously do is the Leslie Vernon mask. Oh yeah. That's a good I would totally cool wear that. It's a very underrated mask. That's one of it the is. best Okay, uh, so that wraps up hypothetical question of the week. Moving on to our last segment, HGL Recommends, where we recommend something awesome for our listeners to hopefully check out. Justin, what are you recommending this week? Uh, anybody who knows me knows I'm a huge metalhead. Uh, most recently, I've been listening to the new Trivium album, Sin in the Sentence. It came out earlier last week and uh, pretty much been listening to it on repeat since then. Probably listened to it 100 times already. It's a fantastic album, definitely their best offering in the last five or six years, probably their third strongest album overall. Um, I'm a huge fan, and if you like Trivium or you haven't listened to them in a while, I'd revisit and check this one out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Very cool. And Kurt, I think you have more music for us. I do. Uh, 
this is not a new release, but Dead Man's Bones, uh, Ryan Gosling's band. We're doing a Halloween episode, so they're essentially Halloween music. They're like an indie, folk, uh, gothic kind of horror band. And they're just, if you're looking for music to listen to on Halloween, maybe at a Halloween party, uh, they're the band to go with. If you imagine just a choir marching through a graveyard and banging a drum or something and moaning and shit, it's that kind of stuff. It's really great. Who would ever think that that would be Ryan Gosling's band? <laughs> uh, cool. I was really surprised. I was like, holy fuck, is that Ryan Gosling? And it was Ryan Gosling. Pretty cool. Brett, what do you recommend this week? All right, my re- recommendation is actually a mobile game. I, I thought that would be a little bit different. It's both iOS and Android. It's called Guns of Boom. It actually released back in May of this year. But I'm mentioning it because I enjoy playing first-person shooters on the computer. I've tried first-person shooter formats on mobile and have disliked everyone that I've played for one reason or another. This one's interesting because the mechanics of it is you don't actually press the shoot button. As soon as your crosshair is on an enemy player, it shoots for you, and it's multiplayer, and it's multiplayer only. And I think it's like a 4v4, and the controls are pretty easy since you don't have to worry about shooting. You can just tap to throw grenades or tap to heal. Um, they've just released a Halloween-themed event, um, Halloween mode and quests and things like that for the game, which is fun. And then... Just recently, they did this really cool augmented reality thing to where you can do a spectator mode. And with your phone, you just aim it at a surface. It finds you know, the, the direction the surface is and puts a small version of the map for other people's games down. And you can actually walk around it and watch the people fighting like it's on your table or, or wherever, which was really interesting uh, for them to throw out there. So it's just it's a lot of fun. It's actually a pretty solid multiplayer first-person shooter on mobile so i thought to give it a shout out yeah that definitely is a kind of hard game genre <laughs> to find on mobile so yeah. pretty cool my recommendation is one that i'm actually covering this week i also have an interview with the creators coming out um but that is halloween man comic series the halloween man com- comic series actually caught my attention at famous monster con here in dallas I was walking through the exhibit hall and saw this table just decorated um, all in Halloween stuff. And it really caught my eye. The artwork for the comic also caught my eye because one of the lead characters is actually this very uh, vivacious, curvy woman. And you never really see that in comics. In comics, you kind of see more of the DC bombshell, DC women kind of figures and seeing someone that is actually more plus size, um, curvier, just really caught my eye. And I thought that was cool. So I ended up checking it out. I loved it. But basically, uh, it follows a man called Halloween Man, where he's a misstood monster. And he has a heart of gold, but he also likes the taste of living flesh. Um, But he is uh, accompanied by the love of his life, Lucy Chaplin, who's also a mad scientist. So It's pretty fun. It's really out there, really hokey, but it combines horror, Halloween, superheroes, and does it in a really great way. So again, I have a review coming out uh, this week for some of the issues, and then I have an interview with Drew Edwards, and that should be hopefully a pretty fun read. Sounds like it. Definitely. Justin, I know you're really big into comics. Have you heard anything about this one? I have not. I'd love to check it out, though. Yeah, they're actually based in Austin, so I thought that might be why, too, since you're also here in Texas. And the uh, female in the series is actually based off of his wife. 
So that's pretty cool. And she's beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful. And I, I love that comparison there. So, okay. So that wraps up our ninth episode of the horror geek podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And of course we'll be back next week, bringing you more horror geek and gaming for more information on our podcast, check out horrorgeeklife.com and click on the podcast link. We're also available on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Horror Geek Life. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter under Horror Geek Mel. And if you'd like to follow me, I am at ComicalJC pretty much everywhere. And Kurt, where can they follow you? Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at HGL Writer Guy. And on Facebook, you can search Friday the 13th. And what about you, Brent? On Twitter, I am at Brent underscore Hannon. Very cool. <laughs> and thank you guys for joining us for our Halloween episode. We appreciate it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, no it, was, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs> yep. See you later.